and welcome to part two of episode two of the Meet the Crooks um, episodes on the Field Podcast. We're happy to have you back here with us. If you're new, welcome, welcome. Um, today, we're going to dive in again to part two. We're going to talk about your why behind doing something and is that coming from a healthy place? which ties nicely into making sure you're living out of your own expectations and not those of others around you. We're going to dive into the fact within that, that it is better to disappoint others than to ever abandon or disappoint yourself. If you're truly going to be living out of your own values, your own self, your own boundaries, just being the person you were created to be. Um, and how being your best, healthiest self is how you're able to operate in a healthy way in relationships. And if you are not healthy and loving and happy with yourself, it's very difficult and I would say impossible to really, truly engage in healthy relationships. Um, and within that, so many times we are trying to fit into other people's versions of who they want us to be, think we are, and that we should not have to bend ourselves, stretch ourselves, shrink ourselves to live into other people's boxes in order to receive love and acceptance from them. That's not what living our best selves or unconditional love looks like. Um, we are going to talk about accepting all of the layered aspects of ourselves and how all of our experiences, the tough stuff, the negative stuff, make us who we are based on what we learned from that, the ways that we had to adapt to get through something difficult, as well as the joy and positive things that all those pieces make us who we are and how we can accept all those parts of ourselves and really integrate them um, fully. Um, we're going to talk about how emotions can coexist. We can be incredibly thankful at the same time as being really upset about something. And being upset doesn't mean we can't be thankful or doesn't mean we can't be sad and also feel joy and how the, we don't have to just compartmentalize or feel one thing. Emotions can coexist. And we're going to talk about how disappointing people or making decisions that disappoint people doesn't make us bad. Sometimes we have to do what's best for ourselves and not everyone's going to understand it or agree with it, but that doesn't make us bad. Um, we are still, um, if we're living out our truest selves, our best selves, our healthiest selves, then 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 that is being true to ourselves and, and disappointing people is does not make us bad. Um, and then we are really going to talk about at the end uh, with a rapid fire, we're going to talk about those things that um, we love to do that fulfill us and those ways that we are hoping to feel over the next six months as we continue to focus on living our best, truest, healthiest selves through these topics that we've talked about in um, parts one and two of this episode, a series Meet the Crooks. So I hope you enjoy and um, thanks for coming to be with us again. Follow us at Embracing Layers on Instagram or check out our website, embracinglayers.com. Take care and enjoy the episode. I think 
that we've really um, done a good job of talking about this already, but, um, and I think you all have a really good concept of the importance of understanding your why behind your doing some, behind why you're doing something. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of good things we can do out there, but that doesn't mean they're all for us. And I think sometimes we get caught up in this production wheel of we've got to be doing, we've got, if it's a good thing, I got to do it. If it's a good thing, I got to do it. Instead of stopping and examining, okay, that is a good thing, but why would I do it? Would I do it to people, please? Would I do it because people expect me to do it? Or would I do it because it's something I'm really authentically passionate about? Um, and I think that that is another thought that I hadn't really put a lot of thought into until it was kind of introduced years ago. I would say I did it in a few areas of my life, but I didn't really understand I was identifying the why. And we kind of touched on that earlier, but before we we move out of that, do you guys have any comments on that? In terms of like setting a why or coming back to it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, I feel like I act on my why or values more in like hard circumstances or ones that seem like scary or intimidating or even like not like reckless but I'm just mm. a chronic thinker through into like overthinker realm and so making even like split decisions or ones I haven't thought about for like three months feels reckless so that's what I mean by reckless not actually though <laughs> um but like I've a lot of my like coming back to my why has been has meant like leaving a lot of spaces and like simultaneously entering into new ones um but if that's like leaving the school I was at or just I just you know keep quitting jobs um <laughs> because corporate America is probably not for me but we're also in college and we don't have a degree yet so corporate America it is <laughs> um but it's just like yeah, it's just like, I can't, I can't leave this space I just got here or like, it's not that bad because other people don't say it's bad type of thing. And then just kind of like getting back to and reassessing the values and the why of like, wait a minute, this is actually like to me personally or the, for the life I want to live or if I'm thinking about making this within like the people I surround myself with, it doesn't make sense not to leave or whatever that may be. It's not always leaving, but like, um, the only thing that's keeping me from staying is like other people's reasoning for staying in places or other people's values or lack thereof type of thing, I think. Um, and so that's where I feel like I always come back to my why is more the tougher things versus like, I guess the good fun things like this is good. I should do it. It's more like, this is really hard, but the hard, it doesn't mean it's bad and it doesn't mean it's wrong. And honestly, it's like probably more so most certainly the most right thing to do um, is to like go after that hard thing. And it's probably going to be awkward and probably people aren't going to understand. There's going to be a lot of tears and all these things. But then you look back a year later and you can't imagine not saying no and stuff like that. So I feel yeah. like that's where it comes in for me. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And kind of goes into um, what I want to talk about next in growing out of expectations in, in terms of, and I think this and the why and the boundaries are all interconnected. And it's like living out of the expectations that you set for yourself and not the expectations of the world around you. 
um, your family, your church, your job, the culture. Um, but so I want you to talk about how you have identified a way. I'm going to start with dad this time, um, because I think this is a path that he's really traveled well over the years. And I think he's really arrived at that space um, now through all of both of us having some hard lessons, but I don't want to speak for you. So, so more on the growth side. Of yeah. That just, how do you living out of your own expectations versus the expectations of um, the world around you, the, yeah. the people around you? Yeah. I kind of flippantly say this and I actually say it at work too. Um, I'm old enough now that I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> So that's a good basis to be from, but it's also from learned experience that I've gotten there. Um, Kylie, can I just say Kylie, she's, she didn't have her mic on so nobody could hear, but Kylie goes, me too, dad. <laughs> well, that was literally going to be my first response to this question. I was like, well, I don't really give a fuck about what And that's a liberating place to be actually when, yeah. when you can get there. Um, and it's because of everything that we've been talking about, that self-care, setting boundaries, being intentional about your values, coming back to them when you get off center. That's the one thing I was going to add in the, in the why piece. I mean, do, I would highly recommend, and we've thrown a couple things out there, but I would highly recommend you find the right process for you to find that why, whether it's Simon Sinek or Martha Books, North Star or what have you, mm -hmm. because I have found after going through that work my body tells me when I get off center. Mm. And that's one thing that helps yeah. me come back even more because I've done that work. Um, but from the, the expectation standpoint, um, really has shifted for me from a, I'm going to go be at the top of my industry and I'm going to crush it. You know, I was going to be a major league baseball player. I was going to be an athletic director. I was going to be this. And what I know now for me is pouring into another Brene Brown term my square squad which is fairly small it's this group here and a couple other people um but that's my why is pouring into those people that matter most to me and certainly at work too um those work relationships and that's what i focus on now so yeah i wanted to rule the world in my industry but that's not important to me anymore my more important is what am i doing for my people yeah yeah no i think that's a really good point and i think you know, you and I both learned that kind of the hard way. I, I've spent most of my life in a realm of codependency that I didn't even realize I was in and a sense of feeling responsible for everyone else around me. And if I don't take care of it, it's not going to get taken care of. And um, so within that definition, you can see there's no boundaries. There's living out of expectations of everyone else around you or whether you, they think you need to do or you think you they think you need to do. Um, into this space of over the last year and a half, realizing that's just not working for me. <laughs> it really hasn't been working for me for a long time, well, but my body people around us. Either. No, no. And girls comments on that too, about, about where dad and I have been and where we're going and how well, that's where we've been could be painful. I know. I know. <laughs> be ready to hear the hard stuff. People you don't get here on the easy road, but yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I learned how to grow out of expectations at a very early age because I was a highly sensitive kid in an environment that we didn't know how high had language for high sensitivity. No. So um, I was the outcast. I was a 
socially a little ostracized. I mean, I had some like minor levels of like name calling or bullying throughout elementary, middle school, but like really harmful expectations from extended family about my intellect or like how smart I was because of the way I acted or because I'm like goofy or, you know, like a little spacey sometimes. Um, but all of these things actually, it was kind of the reverse for me from like taught me how to not be afraid to expect more for myself, but mm. less from people. But mm. also just the idea of like, when I like depersonalize, which I don't know if that's a word, when I depersonalize other people's behavior or like just decide that like, you know what, like, why am I taking that personally right now? When I take that responsibility on for myself, I actually like find that I'm like, oh, expectations too. Like people can do whatever the fuck they want. Like mm -hmm. as if I'm in like aligned with myself and in centered, then actually find like myself asking, why am I personalizing that? Or like, why am I mm. a lot with like romantic partners too? Like, why am I personalizing their behavior right now? Like that's about them. And if they make that decision for themselves, then that's theirs to deal with. But why am I connecting myself to that decision? Um, was really helpful for me, but also going after big things from like an intellectual standpoint, the past year has been super liberating and learning how to um, expect more from self, but not necessarily rely so much on the behavior of other people to determine self-worth, personhood, et cetera. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, I would say Kylie is a queen at this. She always has been. I, however, my name is Sierra. I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm a recovering <laughs> emotional monitor. I'm a recovering uh, achievement, uh, Wonder Woman complex. So <laughs> um, this question has is very real to me because uh, just over two months ago now, I let my entire professional and social life burn to the ground <laughs> because it was, it yeah. was a hundred percent. We let that shit burn, um, because it was a hundred percent coming from this place of me truly making decisions because everyone else needed me to be something I hadn't been for three years. And, uh, it was the constant narrative of like, I can't leave yet. Even though I don't believe in this anymore because so-and-so needs me. I can't leave yet. Even though I don't believe in this anymore because it will let these people down. It will disappoint that person. It will make that person feel bad. It will make that person over in Boston sad. You know, like it, it was, all about perception and how other people, how it affect other people because other people would be affected because they would be disappointed because they would suffer. Um, and nothing about, um, how it was, how I was being affected, which was, became really, really serious. And so, um, I, the week that I quit my job that I wasn't supposed to quit for another three months and was really in a lot of ways, you know, in some ways, let, letting people down, just like I thought it was in some ways, people didn't care like a quarter of as much as I thought they would. Mm -hmm. Um, but driving and had the realization of like, Sierra, you disappointing other people is worth you not abandoning yourself anymore. Oh. You disappointing other people yeah. is not worth you abandoning yourself anymore. And that be had to become true for me. Um, because I, some of it was like, oh my gosh, I care so much about this person. I want them to feel taken care of. I never want them to suffer. So I'm going to stay. Some of it was fear of perception. It was a whole gamut. 
but it came to the point of like through a truckload of therapy um and a lot of a lot of people fighting for me before I knew how to fight for myself and a lot of me learning I was all of me was worth fighting for um was the realization of like I will always I like you always have to choose to disappoint other people before you choose to disappoint yourself and um I think actually mom we were talking and it was as you were processing like listen, I tried my whole life not to disappoint people and I still disappointed them. Like, it doesn't matter. Like I worked so hard to not disappoint them and they were still disappointed. So you may as well just do what you want to do anyways, because no matter what, you're going to disappoint them. Like you can never live up to what people think of you in your mind and their expectations. And so I think that was really helpful to recognize of like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to disappoint them anyways, no matter what. So you may as well just actually do what you need and what you want. Um, in a way that's, and like, as like, I was clearly not being flippant, you know? And so I think that became really important for me this last two months of like, I will always disappoint people. It's always worth disappointing people before it's worth abandoning myself. Um, and letting that ring true, um, has been my journey with, because I have to like truly, and all the people here can attest to this. I had never let people down before that. (laughs) Ever, I, ever, like, ever. From the time she was in preschool, <laughs> no, from the time she was two years old, trying to help take care of Kylie when Kylie was born. So this is a, a lifelong perfection. <laughs> perfection. So it was like truly at one point, it was like whether or not I leave this job early or whatever. I remember looking at my partner, Tim, and being like, honestly, I should just try to let people down just to see what it feels like. I've just never done it before. <laughs> and, and then learning like, oh my gosh, that was the most liberating thing I've ever done. I like feel more myself than I've ever felt my whole life. Um, and so, yes, that has been my journey two months in to learning. It's all, it's always worth disappointing people before you abandon yourself. Yeah. I think it's a, such a great point, Bug. Yeah. I mean, I think about this question and you know, what you were just saying, and, and we've given a couple examples of it throughout our conversation, but you really can grow out of those expectations. You really can yeah. make progress. And it is one little step at a time, whether it's naming your feelings, whether it's doing whatever. I've had conversations with my therapist, Addie, and she's actually held you all, mainly our daughters and, and Melissa and I coming along for the ride, uh, for the ride as we've talked about today. But she referenced just in my last uh, session with her, she's like, well, your family does it so well because I've described to her the language that we're using, how we're setting up for team meetings, clear the airs, all that stuff led by, by you three and us really learning from you. But she just you know, pulls our family out to be a model because of what we are doing. And we haven't by any means always been like this and we have a long ways to go, but my goodness, what a, what a better place I think we are in as a family, Um, just because of the small steps you all started taking and us finally waking up and coming along with you. um, It can be done. That's, that's what I want to throw out there to your audience is there is hope wherever you are right now. Yeah. No matter how old you you want to be. And you can learn from your children and that's okay. 100%. I mean, I think there's this like stigma out there that, you know, we're older, wiser. And in some ways we are because just simply life. I mean, part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast is to share what I've learned so that hopefully people 
can avoid the missteps I've taken and get to these spaces earlier. Um, we've learned from our daughters, be a learner. Be, don't be, don't let anyone tell you, you can't change. Don't let anyone tell you, you can't yeah, reprogram so. your brain and, and learn new habits and, and rechannel your subconscious, all those things you can. And at the same time, I want people to know that we all love each other fiercely, but we fought, we have fought for these relationships. They haven't always been easy. This hasn't just unfolded. It does take a commitment and a, a love for your people to, to want to do this for, and a love for yourself, you know, thinking enough of yourself to do it because that in turn, if you're really going to have healthy relationships, I think that you have to be on these paths that we have decided to go down for the relationships to be truly healthy because you have to be healthy. You can't be healthy in a relationship if you yourself aren't healthy. Um, Court, did you have anything you wanted to add? Oh yeah. I knew it. <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah, bouncing off of both things that Kylie and Sierra said, I think for the ways that Kylie can kind of attest to being a little bit ostracized because she was like quirky and out there and stuff like that. I'm just uh, an introverted, um, just introspective, quiet little beanhead in a family full of people who like to make friends on airplanes <laughs> in random crowds. And it's great, but I just like could never relate to that type of thing. And so I think that was like one of the biggest things for me growing up is just kind of like coming in to that like quietness and stuff and like this is I what I have to say and it's probably not as much as other people have to say but that doesn't make it like less valid and no one needs to fill in the gaps for me like I said what I said and if I wanted to say more I would have but no one needs to speak for me and and that type of thing and so I think that was kind of um what I had to grow out of and shift with in an area and then kind of how Sierra talked about um, disappointing people is no longer worth abandoning myself. I think I spent probably like, I would say being 22, like maybe 18 to 20 years of my life trying to fit in like other people's boxes and stretching mm -hmm. myself and shrinking myself, um, in like probably every way to try to do that. And just to like earn acceptance or love or popularity or whatever it was. And I think, yeah. So if Sierra says like the disappointing people isn't worth it, then I would say like what people called love or acceptance, like that wasn't um like worth going for, I think for me of like, I'm not like, like it might be called love or acceptance, but like, I'm not gonna kind of call it that any longer. I'm not gonna be, or I'm not gonna allow it to kind of be called that and like that that stretching and shrinking and abandoning myself in all those different ways um like isn't worth it anymore and I think it was more so just like getting to 22 or I guess at that point maybe it was 21 and just kind of being terrified that like the way that I'm existing in the world in in whichever the way that is none of it is like my own doing like none of it is kind of like my choice and um, like, I don't really know who I am type of thing. Um, mm. so I think, yeah, I'm like, I don't really know. There's not like a, sorry, didn't I just make to cry? 
It's all right. Sorry, baby. Feeling all the feelings, baby. It's a safe space. Um, but yeah, I think it was just like it was like good, but a little bit scary. Of like, I've um, yeah, just like I'm 22 years old, and I don't know who I am because I've just tried to be like everything else um, mm-hmm. that like everyone wanted, and so. I think, but it's been like good because I think this year has been just like probably one giant kind of like exhale. Mm. And um, actually, it's just been like so fun to get to see like all of these like things that I'm getting to actually like live out currently and stuff with like doing art and stuff like that and kind of like living where I want to live and going to school where I want to go to and all those different things is kind of like it's always been there. Like what I've felt or wanted or desired or like thought myself to be has like always been there and I'm finally kind of just listening to it type of thing um Mm -hmm. and I've just like just kind of got to the point where I was just exhausted of like my god it's just it's just not worth it and whoever wants to come along can like come along and whoever doesn't can just stay back type of thing but I think growing out of expectations is kind of like this storyline of my whole life so yeah yeah but yeah. well, dad and I, it's noticeable court dad and I I don't know how many times we've talked about in the last six months that you are the happiest most at peace you've ever been just the total authentic self and it's just been really cool to see yeah I think it was like it was it was cool reading untamed by Glennon, I think that was like one of the first books. I was like, whoa, other people feel this way because she talks about being tamed at like 10 years old. Yeah. And I think I probably was like maybe even seven for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Really true. Shout out to Glennon Doyle. All Shout right. Shout out to you, Court. Yeah. It's been really an honor to see your, what you've done this last year mm-hmm. to break out of that. Um, very, very impressive, honey. Yeah. Really Thanks. is. Really is. Makes our hearts feel happy. All right. Um, I think this one kind of segues nicely and I'm going to start with you, dad, on accepting the layered aspects of ourselves. I think that we tend to want to focus on the things that make us feel good or are positive. We sometimes want to brush the yucky stuff under the table or push it away, but it's all part of, it makes us who we are. Um, without any of those experiences not that we want to relive that some of the bad ones but they're all part of our journey and you want to speak to that because we've talked about this a lot yeah I mean this is a big one for me and and you all know this I mean the journey that I'm on um it speaks right to that um the layered self the fully integrating I mean for me I've been really good at um really closing off a significant part of myself and uh, going uh, overachieving, hypervigilance, overactivity route. um, So I didn't have to slow down enough to really start to understand and work through those layers. I'm still in that process right now. Um, But 
I've, uh, I've siloed myself out pretty good because of my childhood trauma. And I'm just now addressing it. And I think it's, it's 100% important to do. Um, it's where I'll get to where I know I can be as an integrated full self. And it is a part of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there are pieces of that sexual abuse um, that has made me who I am today. And instead of keeping it off into this side silo piece, um, I want to fully integrate it. I want to understand all of it more. And that's why I'm in therapy and doing the work that I'm doing. Um, but I'm tired of it being this piece that I keep over here um, and not part of my overall self and certainly not part of my forward facing external self. And so that's a big part of my journey moving forward is to, to fully integrate and embrace all of it so I can be the person I was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think this was really big for me recently as well. I think um, it's something I had uncovered in therapy in deciding to like quit my job and leave the community I was in um, was like really struggling with believing that um, if I did things to disappoint people, then I was bad. Like that, that would confirm that I was, I was what I was afraid of, which is that I'm bad. And, um, a lot of what I had to work through with my therapist was, was integrating and holding space for the reality that like decision, the decision I was making was going to affect people. It was going to put, it was even going to put some people in a bind. Um, it was even going to be hard for some people. And some of that was because it was a really broken system. Some of that was because I, the timing of it and that I needed to make this decision and it didn't change the fact that I need to make it, but it was going to put people in a bind. And so the practice of like, of literally sitting and writing multiple times a day over and over again, like I can make choices that disappoint people and I am still good. Mm-hmm. I can make decisions that make things hard for people and I am still good. Mm-hmm. I can make decisions that affect people and I am still good. I'm still worthy, those kinds of things. So I think it was learning and is learning to hold the gray of like, also truly, sometimes I just mess up. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. I am like not nearly as kind as I hope to be at work or whatever. And I'm not the person that I want to be um, every moment of every day. And I think the narrative that we really grew up with and that, yeah, in, in a lot of ways is prevalent, um, specifically in the like white evangelical church mm-hmm. is that you are inherently bad, yeah. that the core of what you are is bad, that when you do bad things, that just confirms it. Um, and so it was difficult to separate, like I can do things, I can just mess up and I am still good. I can, I can do things that are bad. Even sometimes I can be unkind when I don't want to be. And I like the deepest thing about me is still good and worthy. And so for me lately, that's been like, I, I've literally just had to sit and make it a mantra and sit and make it like write it as many times as I can to believe it and repeat it to myself in a way that is saying like, I, I can do things that disappoint people. I can put, I can make decisions that are hard for other people. And I, I am still good. Um, 
has been a really important important yeah. practice for me lately. Yeah, and I think you, you made a good point too. I mean, we spent much of your childhood and a lot of our adulthood in a lot of these spaces, the white evangelical spaces you talked about earlier that um, sent these really con- contradictory messages. Uh, you're saved by grace and you were loved so much that you were, to, that, that, that you were like, oh, I can't talk, that God did that for you. But boy, it, you know, it's a good thing because you are a wretched sinner. And it's like, I don't understand if I'm worthy enough to be loved, but yet I'm wretched. I don't know how those work together. And I think so that, I think that adds a lot of complications to our layers and our expectations and the other expectations, a lot of things we've talked about. So I'm glad you, glad you brought that up because we've all been dismantling that in our own ways and our own journeys the last couple of years. Um, All right. Any other thoughts on um, the layers piece of ourselves? Yeah, I would say for me, I think the accepting the layered aspect of myself like went hand in hand with the growing out of expectations. Mm. I think I just I just am like a super, super, super complex person, like maybe the most complex person that I know, I guess. Um, And I just like don't because I like don't fit in one certain box like I'm quiet but I'm not like this sweet tender quiet person like I also just like put you in your place and talk shit and (laughs) so like that and I'm like (laughs) but I'm also like quiet but that doesn't mean I don't have a lot to say or that I don't like feel things deeply or think about things intentionally and stuff like that um and so I think um yeah that kind of went like the hand in hand with the the growing out of expectations um, of just like, and kind of the holding all the emotions at once. And yeah, just like all these different things and kind of was a part of like the harder part of um, maybe learning the self-care and self-love was the like kind of um, layered aspects of like, it's okay that I'm like sometimes a contradiction of myself or like most of the time type of thing. Um, and so. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, I didn't add like too much in there, but that was kind of the synopsis for me, I think, is just like, I'm I'm just not going to become simple anytime soon because I'm 22 and haven't changed and I shouldn't like have to or like shouldn't have ever been asked to type of thing. Mm. Um, so that's kind of what what comes up for me. Yeah, I think the good thing there, Court, is and great work on your part. I mean, whether people want to realize it or not, they've got those layers and you just realized it a heck of a lot earlier than I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that standpoint, you know, if people don't feel those layers, don't know they have those layers, everybody has those layers. I mean, the internal family systems work and the inner child work that people can do um, would certainly highlight that, but um, kudos to you for recognizing it way early in your life. Thanks. Hey, Kai. Yeah, I think embracing layers for me has mostly looked like recently putting a lot less expectation on being emotionally consistent, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's like I am a deeply feeling person and therefore I feel joy deeply, but I also feel really deeply and being able to remove expectation that there's like something wrong with that, Mm -hmm. Um, but also even in the way that I engage with in conflict with um, friends or family 
being so much more willing to like go to somebody and be like, oh shit, dude, I fucked it up. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> um, whereas like two years ago, I would have like tiptoed around that. Whereas I feel much more comfortable going to like my roommate friend or um, my sisters and be like, I was an ass, like my bad. Like, how can we fix it? Um, and just being like really frank with that. I also learned a conflict model that was really helpful, but was really like packaged and therefore it didn't all, like necessarily work for me and how I evolved as a person the last couple of years. So I've kind of had to, had to reframe it for myself. Um, and like, I, I want to have these hard conversations and I want to engage in conflict, but I want to engage in it in a way that like speaks to me and who I am as a person and like embraces that rawness and that vulnerability. And like, I'm able to say that, like, I was a dick, but like also that I still like love myself really deeply. And like, I'm not actually like thinking that I'm like a internally or at the core, um, a bad person. So I think it's like being able to like bring some casualty to it of like, yeah, like, uh, sorry about earlier. I was, I was kind of an ass, like, can we talk about it? And then getting into that better language, but really just being more upfront about it of like, then tiptoeing around it or even like putting kind of like a bow on it. I don't know. I don't really want to put a bow on it anymore, I guess yeah. is where I'm into, but yeah, it's looked like handling conflict a little more candidly that feels authentic to myself. And then also um, I cried six times last week, but I'm a deeply joyful person too. And those can coexist. Leave me alone. Yeah, no, I th- but that's really true though. Is and is, and you all do that well. And I talked about that on, at the onset. Is that ability? Uh, you know, we don't have to be positive all the time, but we can feel multiple things. I mean, I can be at the same time thankful for my job, for my family, for my home, but still at the same time recognize that there's a lot of things in this country that aren't working right now within our systems, within our, you know, race relations, within our government, within this, you know, toxicity. I can feel things at the same time. Just because I feel those things that need to be fixed doesn't mean I'm not at the same time thankful for the things I have. And I think there's this thing that we have to be one or the other. And you guys all do that really well. And I think it's important that, um, understand that we can we can carry all those things and we need to feel all those things or like we've talked about they get stuck and they show up in other unhealthy ways um we've spent a lot of time together um i want to real quick and this is something we've all really touched on so it's really going to be just a kind of summary for each of you on you know the name of the podcast is feel feeling empowered embracing layers how do you think you live that out in just a quick summation? Um, bug. Yeah, I think it's right now for me, what it is, is having a pulse and um, centering the question, what am I feeling? What do I need? How can I get it? My needs are worth being met. I need to be familiar with them in order to meet them and only I can meet them. Um, And then operating from that way and letting that be my guide right now. Um, So I think um, that's what it looks like for me in this moment. It's taken a lot of back work of 
emotional literacy and being aware of my feelings. I think it looks like sometimes even just like sitting, like I mentioned earlier, like sitting down, doing a body scan, asking how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it. Um, but be letting the thing that leads me in life at be, what do I need? And how can I, how can I get that need met? Um, and, and then even sometimes like, what do I want and how can I, how can I be led by that in my day and being so aware and in tune with myself in that, that that's, that's where I'm coming from, mm -hmm. um, and how I'm showing up for people with my needs met, um, so that I can, I can just be fully present with my people. Yeah. Really good. Good stuff. Kai Kai. Um, the first thing that comes to mind and the main thing that comes to mind for me is I've, I'm recognizing week and really the last couple of weeks this moves way too fast for me and mm. the like designed and wired so how I've been honoring my layers and feeling empowered is my Sundays which are my off days for my job um I actually move slower than maybe is like even my natural bravado um just to really really get centered and slow down thank you that word, that word, vocabulary. <laughs> Are you a grad student? Are you the number one program in the nation? Spoke it, I felt it. Let me tell you, no. Um, but I move, I move slower than is my natural rhythm, just to really like get down my core, center myself. Um, I, I don't put clothes on till three p.m. Sunday. I did not put clothes on until 3 p.m. And that was beautiful for me. It, it worked so well for me. And no one in this family understands that. And I'm sorry, but it like, like it works. It's worked so well for me walking. Yep. Dad, I get it from you walking around with just a blanket as my, as my layer is like the definition of me embracing myself, my layers, feeling empowered, writing, I wrote like a letter to my boyfriend. I wrote a letter to my grandma. Like I really just, and I played Johnny Swin. I really just chilled the fuck out. And for <laughs> me, that is like <laughs> vibing. <laughs> that that for me is what feels good right now, but I'm also open to fluidity of like, that's not going to feel good or is going to be the answer to this question six months from now. And I feel like sure. that's kind of the same with the why question that we were discussing earlier is like, I have multiple things that embrace my layers and make me feel empowered. I have multiple things that are my whys and they fluctuate because again, I'm a deeply complex human. So, but that's what feels good right now. And that's how I'm honoring myself is on Sundays I stay naked and I write awesome. love letters. Good for you. Yeah. All right. All right, Cordy. Yeah. I think a lot of my stuff is much the same of just like, um, in the kind of like reclaiming of, my life and stuff like that of just asking myself like what do I want and what do I need and I think because I spent a lot of like my time and stuff just kind of like going through the motions or even asleep a little bit or numb to things mm. um I kind of have to change up what that looks like or I have to check in each day um because if I try like I do like structure of things but if I do it too much it feels kind of like a little intimidating or scary to kind of just like slip into that. And I find myself just going through it kind of the motions. Um, and so, yeah, just asking myself, like, what is it that I specifically want 
for myself, like today in this hour, this morning, or like out of this life type of thing. And a lot of that lately has looked like um, my best friend Car and I dreaming about running away to Europe because it just is maybe the only thing that makes sense to do with our lives. <laughs> um, because we're like the aesthetic man, the slow life, as I'm figuring out that corporate America is not for me. Um, so like dreaming about these things, it's like, haha. But then it's like, no, if it actually comes down to it and like that's what you want out of life, then like definitely run away to Europe or, you know, wherever type of thing. Um, and so I think just like letting myself just get caught up in the daydreams more. And I think as I've come more into self-care and knowing myself better, the daydreams don't feel as much like daydreams. They kind of just feel like real dreams and like they could be tangible in reality, which is really fun to live in that little bit of euphoria. So, yeah. I really like what you said about the waking up piece, because one of the things that I've really learned in the last year and a half, and we've all talked about it in different ways tonight and, um, is, there were so many things in my body and my emotions that I've noticed the last year and a half. I'm like, gosh, where did that come from? Where did that come from? And my counselor's like, it's not so much that it came from anywhere. You're just noticing it now. You finally have woken up and come in, come out of autopilot and are dealing with your feelings and not trying to compartmentalize things in a way that you're noticing that now. And, um, it's, that's been, so I think that awakening and, and just being willing to feel and being brave enough to feel, um, and taking ourselves, you know, out of, again, those expectations of others and making sure our wives are solid and having boundaries and, and owning who we are and embracing all those layers allows us to feel, allows us to feel. Yeah, um, would 100% echo all four of you and probably add a piece for me. Um, I probably would add a 30 in the field maybe on that layering piece because mm. I'm really exploring my layers mm. and then once discovered, embracing. And so yeah. I'm on that journey and it's, you know, we've done a dream wall. Yeah, um, doing that's, that's why we're here at this podcast. <laughs> we put it on the dream wall. Here we are. Yep. That the dreams that Courtney was talking about, daydreaming, feeling real. Here we are. Yeah, very therapeutic doing that and, and helping to center on your why there. So for me, it's a continual exploration of and then embracing it. And therapy is helping me on that front. Um, the tools I've learned from our wonderful daughters and from my therapist of breathing exercises. We haven't talked about breathing at all yet, mm. but um, that's been a big piece for me in the last yeah, year, year and a half. So I can start to feel mm-hmm. those sensations and pinpoint yeah. where it is in my body and all the rest. Also, you know, dereg, you know, getting me out of my hypervigilance and regulating me and grounding me. Um, so a lot of breath work, a lot of journaling, driving has always been big for me. Music mm-hmm. is big for me. Mm-hmm. Golf, um, just really those centering things that get me as close to peace as possible. When I think for you and I both slowing down enough to feel you and I have both been go, 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 go. We don't sit well. We don't, you know, we like to keep moving. And I think a lot of that was just because if we stopped to start feeling everything, we'd have to deal with it. And so I think that's been a lot of what we've gone through too, both of us. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for me and, and all four of you know this, I mean, if I did slow down or if I felt like I was slowing down, that's when I'd go into my numbing. 
Yeah. And so trying to replace all of that, making progress, but not completely yet, but trying to replace all that with being present, being in the now and actually feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Any last thoughts on feel before we go into our rapid fire to wrap this up? All right. We're going to, our Kylie's going to fall asleep. It is almost, it is 11.05 on the East Coast. Woo. All right. Rapid fire. Okay. Um, Let's start with Courtney. Going to go in your rapid fire. So the rapid fire is going to be named five activities that nourish you and five words on how you want to feel in the next six months. Okay. My activities are road trips. And if road trips aren't attainable, like life lately, then car rides with windows down, playing music, because if I could have a superpower, it'd be the ability to sing. Um, and I just, I just like the feeling, especially on summer nights. Those are my favorite to have the windows down listening to music. Um, going to the coast, which has always been a thing, but has been like, it's like a tangible thing now. Yeah. Um, reading for fun. Got back into that lately. And then coffee shop dates um, and creating with photography or simple painting. Uh, and then how I want to feel. Is that the other yeah. thing? Yeah, five. Um, present, steady, connected, um, joyful, and then at home in my body. Mm. Ooh, good stuff. All right. Kai Kai. My activities are, I like, I like to do yoga. Um, I kind of put that with meditation. So I'll say that my second one is, is I like to interpretive dance. Mm -hmm. Um, I sing, I read for pleasure and I create spoken words. Um, and those are the five things that really indulge me and nourish me. Um, how I want to feel the next six months. I want to feel boundaried. I want to feel content. I want to feel present. I want to feel indulgence. And I want to feel, what was the last one I said? Liberated. Ah, yes. My favorite thing to feel. (laughs) All right. Cordy Court. My other activity is Millie rocking. If Kylie's (laughs) an interpretive dance, (laughs) I love to Millie rock. I have forever you can really rock any song if you try hard enough <laughs> and she's got it down to a science she truly can really rock to any song <laughs> thank you court all right bug activities would be walking outside um journaling slash meditating uh going to new coffee shops with my partner tim and playing bananagrams or nerds uh there's card game we love um road trip everybody's butt in it's true it's true we just went up against like seven other people in bananagrams last week and both of us won every round um (laughs) not bragging (laughs) um but now i can incorporate bravado kylie Um, (laughs) um yes so what is okay going to coffee shops with tim um traveling road tripping really really nourishing for me um and then going to therapy. I don't know if I just mm. overdid it, but yeah, going to therapy is really nourishing to me right nice. now. Um, and then my 
feelings, the five things, five things I you want to feel in the next six okay. months, um, would be, I want to feel hopeful, mm. hopeful. Um, I want to feel free. I want to feel fulfilled. Um, I want to feel like I'm healing. Mm. Uh, I don't say healed healing. I think that's yeah. always a process. Um, and present. Mm. Very good. All right. Great. A couple similarities. Um, for me, those things that nourish me is this right here, my lovely ladies, whether I get you all together or one-on-one, I always come away from conversations with the four of you, either together or individually, much more nourished. That's my number one go-to. Um, but for other pieces, uh, golf is a big piece for me. Mm-hmm. Um, got a little golf group and get two rounds in over the weekend. Music has always been a big piece of me um, and really getting back into it. So it's fairly present um, wherever I'm at now is attested to the awesome Father's Day present that my ladies gave me, my speaker for golf. Toe-tapping king. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Thank you, ladies. Um, Walking, um, really trying to be intentional about getting 15,000 steps in a day. It just seems to ground me. It gives me time to think through things, to be mindful even meditate. I promise I don't walk with my eyes closed, but um, <laughs> can get some meditation in during that time as well. Journaling, which hasn't been a big piece for me. It's only come up in yeah. the last year and a half, but a lot, a lot of journaling. Um, reading, I'm pretty much devouring uh, most of um, PTSD, CTPSD um, pieces that I can get my hands on. Um, driving, uh, that's been mentioned a couple of times. I think maybe we ingrained that in our lovely yeah, ladies well, with all the driving, road trips we took. So we drove across America a couple of times. <laughs> a few times. Um, so, and I would also say just like Bug did, um, the professional therapy, um, really is nourishing. There was a piece just recently where my, uh, therapist was uh, on maternity leave and, and I became a little untethered. Yeah. Um, for that stretch. So uh, good to be back in it. And um, it does definitely nourish me. And then also self-therapy. So a little more than five, maybe. But um, how I want to feel, uh, first and foremost, integrated. Mm-hmm. I want to get to a spot where I do feel like I've integrated all those layers. Um, I want to feel contentment. I want to feel progress down that road mm-hmm. of, of my journey. I know I won't be never arrive, but I want to feel that there's progress made. Mm-hmm. I want to feel healthier. And I also want to feel a void. I don't, I want to be void of uh, somatic illness. That would be wonderful if that happens in the next mm-hmm. six months. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing that. Um, and thank you for your vulnerability tonight and being willing to share your personal journeys and our collective journeys. And I think, and I hope this really gives our audience insight to to who we are and, and why I'm here. And I can tell you, I'm sure after listening to this, you all out in the audience world can understand why I've learned so much from these people and why they're so important to me and why I thought it was so important that you hear from them because they individually and collectively are just, you know, treasures in this world and super wise and, um, yeah, if you want to know more about them, again, look in the show notes and um, follow the things they're doing. They're, um, they're lights in the world, and it's an honor to have them as mine. So on that, we are going to close um, this Meet the Crooks 
episode. We thank you for joining us and we hope you'll join us again um, next week as you get to meet my producer, Valencia San Luis. So thank you all and have a great night.